Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number one. Today we're talking about our favorite winter holiday songs and activities in the music room. We'll also share highs and lows from our school week, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. And so here is our first section, high notes and low notes, where we share something that's happened um, recently in the music room that might have been awesome or maybe not so awesome. And I have got a high note. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Well, right before we got out for Thanksgiving break, um, we have a family at my school who are just wonderful kids. There's there's three students and there's another uh, toddler at home, but um, unfortunately they are moving out of state. And so all three kids are going to be leaving us and it was kind of bittersweet, but we were playing Here Comes Mrs. Macaroni for the first time in first grade, which you know, right? Oh, of course. Here comes Mrs. Macaroni riding on her snow white boat. And if, of course, you need to see that, um, Susan Brumfield has that in her First We Sing Volume 1 book, and it's fantastic. And I've seen Here Comes Mrs. Macaroni bouncing around um, pages and blogs elsewhere. But anyway, so we're playing this game for the very first time in first grade and the first graders love it as they usually do. But I'm singing and I always expect that the very first time we play a game that I'm going to be singing the entire time, but I'm hearing another little voice singing along with me just perfectly. And it was my little student um, who is going to be leaving. And I'm like, well, how do you know this song? And she said, my older sister taught it to me. Aww. And that was just the sweetest thing. And it was, it was just really nice because, you know, we won't be seeing her anymore, but I'm just excited that, uh, you know, she and her, her sister have this thing that they shared together. So that was my high note. It kind of left me feeling good for the Thanksgiving break. Yay. Yeah. So how about you? What do you got? Um, well, I will share a low note. I had a bit of a tech fail, but it was a good attempt, I must say. So I have a new set of iPads in my classroom. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm supposed to share them with the art teacher, but she told me they can live in my room. So that's where they live. So I'm trying to use them a lot. And so I thought I would experiment with the app Orasma. If you're not familiar with Orasma, it's an app that allows you to take a picture of anything and then overlay they call it an aura, which is some sort of a video or some little clip of something. So then you scan the picture and the little video pops up. So I thought it'd be really cute if the kiddos would make a composition. They take a picture of the notation of their composition and then up pops a video of them performing their composition. That's awesome. Sounded great in theory, but what ended up happening in reality is I think because their compositions were just rhythmic stick notation that they looked too similar to one another. So then when they scanned each other's compositions, the wrong videos would pop up. So one girl would scan her own and then a totally different boy's composition would pop up and there's oh, him no. playing the drum. Yeah. And it was it was kind of sad and awkward and it took a whole lesson just to do this for the first time just to experiment with but the it, app. it was just kids like parents weren't seeing all this sure too. so that's the beauty of the app is that you have to scan 
this image so it's not just out in the world for everyone to see. So I thought I would hang them in the hallway and the kids could do kind of a gallery walk and see each other's compositions. That's an awesome idea. It is an awesome idea, but it's not working the way I want. So um, I'm going to keep experimenting. If any of you out there listening have tips for me on how to use Orasma, <laughs> feel free to send them I my way. I have not used it at all, but I, I had a question. Could you maybe... I don't know if you assigned each kid like their first measure completely different. Like each kid had a completely different first measure and last measure. Would that be different enough? I don't think so because I did try with one class having them draw little pictures around their composition using markers and different colors so that hopefully that would distinguish it, but it still didn't distinguish it enough. And it's purely on the visual. Yes. Okay. Hmm. So I'm, I'm going to keep experimenting because the kids really like the idea of the app. And when it worked, they were excited. But it was a bit of a tech fail. But that's okay. Well, it was yeah. a fun experiment. It's a learning moment. It is. Yeah. So those are our high notes and low notes. All right. Hope you enjoyed. For today's main theme or main topic, we are going to talk about our favorite winter holiday songs and activities for the music room. So Tanya is going to give us some ideas of some things that would be better for primary or lower grades. Yeah, well, I mean, we both have so many things that are so fun to do around the winter holidays. Um, And we will have an upcoming uh, podcast about some winter things that are not holiday related because it's nice to... You know, just have, have some, some variety. Have some variety and not always focus on the holidays. Yes. Especially if you've got students who um, can't participate in holiday things. I only have one student this year. I have a fourth grader who um, needs to step out when we do anything holiday related or um, patriotic. And it hasn't been a big problem because um, I have an alternative assignment on an iPad that he can do. But, you know, it makes me a little sad. Sure. Uh, We spent some time on doing some Halloween stuff in fourth grade. And uh, anyway, it's good to have a variety of stuff. But let's get back to the winter holidays stuff. Um, One of my favorite things to do, like most mini music teachers, is I do like to visit the Nutcracker because it's one of those really accessible pieces that all kids should know and a lot of kids already do know. But not all of them. But not all (laughs) of them. And um, it's very interesting that if kids do know any orchestral music outside of the music room without your help, it's usually the Nutcracker if you've ever had that um, interesting thing happen where you play a piece of music that is not the Nutcracker or anything like it and you have a kid who says oh it's the Nutcracker because they think anything with an orchestra is the Nutcracker or for me when I play Dance with the Sugar Plum Fairy and they think it's Harry Potter oh but that brings up a good conversation because of the Celeste yes yes oh what a great opportunity well there you go yeah teachable moment a teachable moment okay so Dance with the Sugar Plum Fairy, is, that's a great segue. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to talk about, um, is doing a dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy um, activity with mostly second grade and third grade. Um, and it's just something that it's a great little short piece. And I take it uh, through a few different activities and I use it over a few different class periods. Um, I wouldn't do all of this in one lesson, but for 
our first introduction of the piece, I have the second graders listen by just uh, closing their eyes, laying down sometimes, and I just tell them to make a movie in your head as you listen, mm -hmm. what this could be, which uh, if you have a, a shorter piece, that's, that's always been really effective in, in my room is just, just listen. Uh, when, it, when it's a piece that's longer than four minutes, they get a little antsy, but this is a perfect length. So after we listen, and in third grade, they've already heard it, so I don't do this step in third grade, um, then I will take out the uh, rhythm. I have a rhythm page, um, and it is available in my TPT store, but you could definitely make it on your own. You could just write it up on a whiteboard, chalkboard, um, so it's not like you need to go to my store to do it, but we read the quarter notes and eighth notes and for the A section, you know, the ti-ti-ta-ta-ta-ti-ti-ta-ti-ti-ta. It's very easy for them to do. Uh, this is also an opportunity in third grade that I uh, introduce split T's or split eighth notes. So I'll show a page, and this is in my um, TPT product too, but again, you could write it up yourself. So I'll show the third graders the rhythm that they already did in, in second grade. Um, and then we'll look at the rhythm, but with all of the eighth notes as split T's, mm. which is really interesting because we'll read through it and we'll, we'll speak it and tap it while the music is playing. And they, it doesn't take long for them to figure out, wow, there's a good reason that we beam notes because it's much easier to read. Sure. That's a lot of T's yeah. in a row. Yeah, that is a lot of T's in a row. Um, and they get lost and, you know. Uh, but it's it's a good opportunity to show that. Uh, then after we've read and tapped the rhythms, we'll usually move to it. And during the B section, I'm not, we're not tapping the rhythm. I just have them move like snowflakes. First, non-locomotor. So they'll have their arms in the air and they'll, um, you know, gesture around in the air and make little snowflake motions. And I'll give some suggestions there. And if they can handle that, then uh, the next time we listen to it, we'll speak the rhythm, speak and tap the rhythm, and then move around the room as snowflakes. You kind of have to know your kids. Would you and give them scarves at this point or some sort of prop? You could. You know, I haven't really used scarves with this. I'm kind of, um, I like scarves. Frankly, I haven't used my scarves in a while because they're smelly and I haven't bothered to wash them. <laughs> That's a real life moment. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I did take them out the other day and a lot of them are really frayed. It's really time to oh. get new scarves. Oh, there you go. And I need mallets instead. So I'm just kind of like not with the scarves. Also, I, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who um, just did her ORF level two. And she was talking about how their uh, movement pe person was like, no scarves, mm -hmm. no props, use the body. And, and it, you know, I mean, it didn't change my mind about using scarves, sure. for example. But it was just something that was interesting. And I thought, you know, I mean, we could do a lot more just with our bodies and mm -hmm. not worry about the scarves. And but again, like you said, know your kids. Because some of your kiddos might be um, less inhibited if they have the scarf. That's true. Move. Kind of like the puppet mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Sing. I can sing through the puppet easier than I can sing through, sure. you know, as myself. Um, so yeah, know your kids, um, watch the scarves so that you can be ready for that moment. <laughs> uh, so then we'll move on the B section and then on another class time. And so far we've talked maybe like 
a, a little segment of two different classes. Mm-hmm. First time we're listening, maybe we get to tap it, well, read it and tap it. Um, second time we're reading, tapping, and moving. First non-locomotor and then locomotor around the room. And then the next time I see them, I like to add an instrument. Um, triangles, I find, is really a nice thing to add to this particular piece. And you would think, oh my gosh, it's going to overpower and get really noisy. But they really are able to um, tamper down their dynamics to match the mood of the piece, which I think is just a really That's lovely perfect. musical moment. Yeah. Because the first time I, I brought out those triangles and I was like, look out, I'm going to have to really work hard at this. But... And every kid gets a triangle? Or yeah. They... Yeah. Rotate. Well, that's a lot. Well, uh, yes, it is. But (laughs) they're generally able to handle it. I mean, I suppose you could definitely have them rotate through, like, these five kids get the triangle this time. And then maybe during the B section uh, that you could do something fancy where they fly around the room and hand it to someone else. I haven't done this. Variations. Yeah. But if you only have, say, you know, five, six, eight triangles, you could totally do that. And during the B section... You have to be very silent as you float towards someone else and give them a triangle so you can make it work. Um, I am a big fan of having like a class set of instruments like triangles so we can all be doing it at mm-hmm. once. Um, it, well, practically speaking, it cuts down on time. Right. So we don't have to do this, you know, 15 times in a row so everyone gets a turn. Right. I'm not a big believer in everybody gets a turn at everything every lesson. That's just not... It's impossible, and we have that conversation. But anyway, um, with this piece, having everyone on a triangle has has always worked out really well. Sure. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to mention is that uh, we both were at the Western Division Oak Conference. Yay! Yay! Thank you, everybody who was there. Lucinda, thank you for doing a fantastic job. Um, Had a wonderful time. Got to be with some wonderful people and see some fantastic things. And our own uh, Ginny Othier, who is uh, past president of Rocky in Colorado, she did a session. um, I'm sorry, was it called Day of Nutcracker? Nutcracker Nutcracker Day. Day. Nutcracker Day. And uh, she just took lots of different pieces from Nutcracker and talked about what she does with them. And she had some really fun, innovative ideas that I have never thought of before. Uh, One thing that she did with Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy is use those uh, finger lights and have kids tap. And this, if you have kids who might not be able to handle everybody on a triangle all at once, those tapping finger lights would be a lovely thing. You could Mm -hmm. turn off the lights, depending on... Again, on your class, you could have half the kids on triangles, half the kids on the finger lights, tapping out the rhythm. But I thought that was kind of a, a fun little addition. Um, and then I was, and I've never done this either, but I was thinking, you know, this would be a fun thing that you could use in a program. Absolutely. Like with the with the, the tapping of the lights mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And it's such a, a nice short piece, and it's so very festive. Um, so anyway, that's my Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy play along move along um i also i love the foam um the target foam the craft the foam shape the foam shapes yes the foam. we both so, have an addiction to the foam shapes uh, yeah. it's okay and that's fine <laughs> and and ta- the target dollar bins at this time well i don't think they have any foam right now but lots of fun things and the foam pops up from time to time so i've got 
snowflakes and presents and oh gosh I forget what else and they're all different Christmassy colors and so I label those like with big A's and big B's so that they can label that form in foam um, and I know on my blog in years past I have shown a lot of Christmas foam with that very thing so if you're interested um, I'll leave it in the show notes uh, a little direction to my blog if you want to see my uh, form in foam so um, that's just something I like to do with the dance of the sugar plum fairy oh and I forgot it's also wonderful to live in the future and be able to watch all these little YouTube videos when they relate. So you were talking about the Harry Potter theme. Mm -hmm. So you can show there's videos of people uh, playing this on the Celeste. Mm -hmm. And um, you really, it's lovely to have them watch the Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy. There's an excellent, well, there's several excellent videos of that, but I'll link to one in the show notes. Um, that's wonderful to see. Um, so yeah, this is an opportunity also to just connect to the outside world and hey, if you haven't seen the ballet, here, here that is, oh look, here's that instrument and you can definitely go into talking about the celeste instrument and where have we heard that before? Harry Potter! Harry Potter! <laughs> and then, you know, and that's just kind of a fun thing that I like to do with that. Awesome. Yeah. And definitely check out Tanya's TPT sugar plum fairy file because it's great i've yeah. seen it i've yeah. used it yeah it's usable but you could do it yourself you could you do not you have could. to buy things from or you could save time or you could save time I, yeah i get that too so i'm going to focus more on um a couple of things i've done with older students um one thing that i found is that my students they just don't know a lot of Christmas songs and Christmas carols. Yeah. Um, it's just not a part of our culture anymore that people grow up singing these songs, which is sad, yeah. but it's, it's reality. So one thing that we often do just as we get closer to the holiday season is I created a kind of a sing-along file and I just created a smart board file. Um, that's a picture of a Christmas tree. And then there are little ornaments on the tree and each ornament is a link to oh, a different Christmas song. I didn't so, know you did that one. Cool. Yeah, we'll do some sort of random student selector, and then the student gets to come up and touch one of the ornaments. And sometimes they have no idea exactly what the picture is and what it's leading them to. So, for example, there's one where the ornament is shaped like a, a, a Christmas pudding, and then when they click that, it takes them to we wish you a Merry Christmas, and they have no idea what Christmas pudding is, so right. then we talk about that. So it's just a fun, interactive way just to get kids singing and listening to a lot of different Christmas carols. For this particular one, I do just focus on Christmas, but you could certainly make a multicultural one and have songs from Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and different cultural celebrations included in that as well. And but so when they click, does... This is the lyrics that pull up. Yes, and then it's sorry. You... It's just the lyrics, okay. and then and I, then you sit at the piano. I usually then... sit at the piano because, again, that's something we don't often do in, um, you know, a traditional Kodai classroom. We're often singing and playing games unaccompanied. So mm -hmm. for me, just to accompany them on piano, and I have a couple of carol books that I just have on my piano all the time at Christmas. So you know, the last five ten minutes of class, we just kind of have a little warm, fuzzy carol sing where we just enjoy some of these songs and we talk about the history of, of what 
what the words are, what is figgy pudding, what is deck the halls. And do you steer away from like this more sacred one? Do you yes. old holy night or no old, old no, holy night? No, and again, you have to know your school and your population. I definitely stick with more of the Santa ho 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 style mm-hmm. carols or like traditional English carols, oh, but yeah. not necessarily carols that are religious and right. speaking very directly about Jesus. And yeah, the and there's some part. really awesome, more secular-ish carols in that Rebels book. Do you know what I'm talking about? That Rebel Songbook. I've heard of the it. Winter Time it, Celebration though. Rebel Songbook, and it's got, um, you know, some of the um, uh, boy Dame come down and bake your pies. Sure. And uh, is that is that the title? I'm getting it wrong. That could be Dame wake up and bake your pies. That sounds right. I think it's. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a wake up and bake your pies. Got to get the, those pies going. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Wasseline song. Yes. And, and uh, there was one year I did a, a, a Renaissance inspired um, Christmas caroling thing with sixth graders, which was, it was okay, except for I let them go get their own costumes at the costume shop. And oh. that was kind of a nightmare, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, I used songs from that, the yeah. Rebels book. I will put a link in the show notes. I love that. Because it's a great little winter celebration. Yeah. You know, collection. Yes, they love those those English carols. I've had a pan. They oh, really yeah. enjoyed that one. And so then depending on the song, oftentimes it's just a great opportunity just to get out some of our non-pitched percussion, like you mentioned, the triangles. So obviously jingle bells come out a lot this time of year, but you could also get out the hand drums or the sticks or the tambourines, depending on the piece you're doing, and just add a little color to it, whether they're just tapping the steady beat or picking out specific rhythms to play along so it's just again it's just an opportunity just to kind of sit and sing and enjoy some songs that they may or may not know from the outside world um and then in in years past i have done um an all school sing-along i know some other teachers have blogged about this and talked about this before um something that i've done at my former school i'm at a new school now it's my second year there So I haven't attempted it there yet. But at my old school, the last day before the holiday break, we would always do a big holiday sing-along in the gym. And I would have my choir stand up front and kind of lead the carols so they were expected to know them by heart because they couldn't see the lyrics because the screen was above their heads. And you didn't give them books or anything? No, they, they had to memorize. So, I mean, we kind of... We, we picked a few ahead of time that we knew we would do. Um, and, and my school, I have a high uh, Hispanic population, so we always sing Feliz Navidad. That's just part of the routine. Now, when you do Feliz Navidad, yes. you, I always use a karaoke. Is that, I don't know, a karaoke track? Oh, absolutely. I got to have the guitar going Exactly, on yeah. So, I mean, oftentimes if you have a, a book series of some sort in your room, Spotlight on Music or any of those, oftentimes they have those kind of, karaoke tracks built in so yeah. if you have those you could certainly use those I, I actually those. bought one off iTunes and you could absolutely but I had to cut it short because it just it goes on, on I, I typically fade out on the Felice Navidad yeah. but it's a great way just to get everyone adults kiddos singing together and singing some of these carols that they don't often sing yeah at home that's so much fun yeah and it got so big that I had to do it twice so we would do and when I would do it two times rather than having like one kindergarten through second grade and the other through through fifth I would do 
kinder, second, and fourth together. Mm-hmm. And then I would do first, third, and fifth together. So that way you had some older students who right. knew the carols a little bit more, could read a little bit better, um, kind of be your leaders along with my choir. And that way it wasn't just a lot of primary students who couldn't yeah. read all of those words through trying to sing those songs. So that worked really well. Um, and it was just a tradition that we looked forward to every year. Yay. So it was a lot That's of fun. Awesome. Another uh, short activity that I've had success with my older students is using the cup song, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, the cup song in some fashion, um, and doing it along with Sleigh Ride. This is something that popped up in my Pinterest feed a few years ago, and I thought that's brilliant and amazing, so we will link to the original YouTube video in our uh, show notes. But it's uh, a really fun way, uh, variant of the cup song. I usually do the cup song with my fifth graders, and now I have sixth graders, so they do it as well. And we've done it with different pieces. We've done it with the traditional fiaskern. We've also done it with In the Hall of the Mountain King. Yes. So and, uh, um, turn the glasses over. Turn the glasses if over. your kids can thing. handle singing and playing yes. at the same time. That's a little trickier. Yeah. But it's fun to pull out different music for different times of year because I I typically do the cup song right at the beginning of the year. It's kind of a fun welcome back to school activity. But then, you know, throughout the year, it's fun to do it with different music too. I have never done it with a holiday tune. That's very So with Sleigh Ride, it just works really well with the rhythm. And uh, the one in particular I like to use with my students is uh, with the group Pentatonics, their recording of Sleigh Ride, just because it's a little more modern, a little more poppy. 21st century. Yes. I'm still doing Johnny Mathis. Well, it's okay <laughs> to find a balance, but that one is a really fun way if you uh, are wanting to incorporate some more modern music into your classroom. Pentatonics uh, is quality still and acapella singing and you could talk about beatboxing and all of those fun things too, but yeah. um, really fun to do the cup song. So um, we will uh, attempt to put the directions to the cup song in our show notes, but really... Yeah. Well, you know, at least in the show notes, I think we could link to uh, my blog where I'll just write it out. Yeah. Um, and if you go to YouTube and you just do a, a search for cup song, you're going to see a million different varieties of it that show tutorials and all that. So, um, you know, something for you to learn from and then you can teach it to your kids if they don't already know it. Oftentimes they do. So there might be variants out there. So find the one that you like the most and stick with it. Be consistent. And then, yeah, experiment with different music. Have some fun with it. Awesome. Love the cup song. Yay. And now we're at the CODA section where we each share a professional or personal recommendation or both if you want. Um, Carrie, you're up first today. Is your CODA professional or personal or one of each or what? Um, I'm going to talk about something professional, something that just kind of happened by accident right before the holiday break that I got really excited about. Thanksgiving holiday break, that is. So uh, it was the last day before Thanksgiving break. And as a specialist team, we decided to just take our last class of the day, which is first grade, outside because it was a beautiful Colorado day and it was warm and sunny and they had been watching a movie for you know two hours previous and they just needed to move and we also realized that 
about half of them had been picked up early and we just we just decided you know what let's just take them out give them some extra recess time and um organically it was so lovely a group of first graders joined together and just started playing oh a hunting we will go we'll catch a fox and put them in a box and uh i went over with them and kind of they they were trying to organize the game but it was still you know they're first graders so they were having a hard time so i helped them organize and help them get started and the more we played, it started with about five students, and the more we played, more kids who were playing on the playground noticed. And by the time we really got going, we had about half of the first graders over playing the game. Oh, and it wow. just reminded me how fun it is to go outside, even in the winter. We can still, we're lucky in Colorado. It's not officially winter yet. Well, that's just true. But even in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> here in Colorado, we're pretty lucky with our weather that it's pretty mild. And so... So if you have um, some outdoor space available, my recommendation is take your students outside when you can play some outdoor games with them, some singing games with them, and just let them experience that. Yeah, that's so much it's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. All right, Tanya, you're up. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to share a professional and a, a tiny little personal one. Uh, professional at school, something that I'm trying new this year is I really wanted to have every kid have the opportunity to perform. Now, my school is pretty big and I don't have a concert or a performance with every single grade level every year. Um, It would be just, my my principal requested that actually once upon a time uh, because it was just so many productions and concerts for kids and families and everyone to keep up with. So uh, I do do quite a few performances, but not with every class every grade level every year. And so this year, my plan is to have every single class do a performance of just one song on something that we have at school called the school news. And so I videotape them in the music room. We can add instruments. I have a student who does the narration who says, okay, we are Mrs. So-and-so's class and today we are performing um, Ding Dong and we'll be using hand chimes. And so then the class performs and I videotape it and I give it to my librarian who's in charge of the school news. And then she just puts it on there and it's it's very fun because the kids have been getting, getting really excited um, yeah. about it. So I'll say, you know, oh, make sure you tell your teachers that we gotta, we gotta have, Skywalk, uh, have the news on tomorrow. So do they watch these news shows every day in their yes. classroom? Yes, every, every morning in their classroom, there's here's what's for lunch, here's the weather today, wish so-and-so a happy birthday, here's what's going on at our school. Um, and then it's just like, you know, two minutes tops of a little performance, and the kids get really Great. excited. And then I have a lot of times their siblings will say, oh, I saw my brother in fourth grade doing such and such song. And, and so that's been a fun thing. So by the end of the school year, every class will have performed for at least one little segment on the school news. That's a great idea. Yeah. So that's my professional um, sharing thing. But uh, personally, uh, me and my family went and saw a movie in the morning because that's when it's cheap. Um, we saw the very silly, goofy movie Daddy's Home 2 with uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Oh. Yeah. And um, what's his name? Oh, my gosh. Anchorman. I'm losing my mind. Um. Um, yeah, everybody. Will Ferrell? Yes, of course, Will Ferrell. Yay. Yay. <laughs> anyway, um, 
you mean we saw the first one like over uh fourth of july and it was amusing and so when the second one came out we were like we'll go as a, a family if we can go on the cheap because sure you know it's <laughs> it's one of those kind of movies that you don't yeah. want to pay like full price for but anyway it was a lot of fun i don't mean to to it was actually, it was a very enjoyable movie. But the best thing about the movie is that there was many references made to a song called Do They Know It's Christmas. Aww. And I am dating myself. That's fine. Um, I was <laughs> I was alive and well when all of the Band-Aid um, Do They Know It's Christmas stuff was going on. And I was a big fan of a lot of these musical artists that came together to record this song for charity for um, families in Ethiopia, children in Ethiopia who, you know, needed assistance financially mm-hmm. and still do. Um, anyway, so that was like a big thing in my world when I was a preteen, teenager uh, age. And uh, so just to hear the song, Do They Know It's Christmas, was really fantastic. It was a big uh, feature of this movie. And then we went home and I me and my husband tortured our children by um, having them watch the video and then watch some of a documentary <laughs> of the making of. And then the kids went to bed and we continued to watch stuff about Live Aid and Bob Geldof and um, seeing you two perform at Live Aid and the Boomtown Rats. Anyway, that's like my wheelhouse. So that was my little uh, personal Aww. fun musical thing that happened. It was just kind of a a highlight of the week because they brought Do They Know It's Christmas into the 21st century. Nice. Yeah. Everyone needs to know that song. Oh, that's true. Absolutely. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking. Happy musicking.